first. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. One of our Wisconsin dairies picked up a national award yesterday on sustainability. I'll tell you who it is and a little bit more about them as we roll through a Thursday morning. How are you? Five minutes after five o'clock, Pam Yonke, glad to be along with you on this, the ninth day of May. Weather-wise, unfortunately, not much of a change of pattern, I'm afraid. Today, it looks like we've got another 70% chance of showers, mostly in the morning. 59 are expected high for today. Tonight, we could drop down to 39. Tomorrow, we start a little bit of a drying pattern. Tomorrow, 58 are expected high, but partly sunny skies. Saturday, we're up to 62 with partly sunny skies. And Sunday, partly sunny again, 60 degrees. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has our weather details coming up in about 15 minutes. And Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, joins us live via Skype before 6. You know, these folks don't have capes or superpowers, but they are heroes They are Wisconsin organ donors. I'm Pam Yonke. By becoming a donor, it's not just that you become a hero. It's your legacy. It's the lives you touch. Al Reich from Barneveld lost his wife in 2001. Her organ donations touched more than 50 lives, including a young father in Kentucky. Well, lo and behold, her kidney, a doctor said he'd never seen a match like that. It matched every single way, 100%. And uh, he had three little kids, and my oldest daughter said, you know, you know, she was 40 at the time, so it was tough for her to lose her mother, but it would be really hard knowing that you were only eight years old. Al Wright from Barneveld. You, too, can be a hero and leave a legacy that touches lives. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. One of the hardest things to do, really, is to read a label on consumer products, whether it's food, whether it's chemicals. If you don't know what you're reading, you don't really know what in the world you've got. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and in spite of that fact, Pam, people still want more information on their labels, don't they? Absolutely, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and you are absolutely right. Although we've seen a little bit of a change in trend, consumers looking for what they call a clean label, fewer ingredients on that label. Well, that's Well and good if you can do it and do it safely. Kathy Glass is a microbiologist at the Food Research Institute on the UW-Madison campus. She was recently inducted into Wisconsin's Meat Industry Hall of Fame. And I'll tell you what, from her standpoint as a food scientist, when consumers are asking for clean labels, it's very difficult to convey that with the trusted preservatives and additives that food science is comfortable with. But it's her job to try to put the two together. I had a chance to visit with her and asked her to tell me a little bit more about what a food microbiologist is doing these days to answer consumer requests and industry concerns. Well, what we do is we work directly with the food industry in helping them identify ways in which they can make their food products safe. Um, It started out with... Uh, looking at different type of ingredients that keep microbes from growing. And a lot of the consumers don't realize why there are some of those preservatives that happen to be in the food, Um, such as nitrite is uh, been known for decades that it's going to be a good way in which we can keep clostridium from growing, which some of which will cause just basically gastrointestinal problems, but other ones can be very deadly. Uh, Listeria has been one of the bacteria that's been a problem for the last several decades, too, 
once again, those added ingredients in there will help keeping uh, the food product safe. It's really a combination because there's going to have there's going to be different levels that might be used for maybe a turkey versus a ham versus a fermented sausage, and we have to figure out what what's the sweet spot because we want to make sure that the food products is safe, that they aren't adding more than they really need, but that provides really an extra level of protection. I always uh, suggest that it's more like having a seatbelt when you go in your car. You don't expect that you're going to have an accident all the time, but if there is, there's going to be something that's going to help protect. So it's great for keeping consumers safe if their temperature of the refrigerator is not where it's supposed to be. So you must be going crazy trying to educate consumers with this desire for a clean label. That may not be, from what you're telling me, a real viable option for some. The clean label movement has really been challenging because with the traditional preservatives, it really is more defined and we know how they work. There are going to be some clean label alternatives that really have the same basic type of chemistry as the chemical preservatives, but because they're more undefined, it requires a whole lot more work and it does require a whole lot more additives and that's going to affect the flavor. And their shelf life is going to be lower too. So it's a trade-off and it's, I think I would like to advocate to consumers that they don't have to be afraid of the preservatives that are in the foods. They are there to help protect. So tell me a little bit more about some of the other interesting partnerships or innovations you've had a chance to work on, Kathy, and maybe something that a consumer uses or, or engages with every day, and by gosh, there, Kathy Glass was in the background helping it happen. Well, I, I think that we've evaluated a lot of those preservatives that over 30 years ago weren't included in the food products. So now when you look at the back of a, on the label, you might see something such as sodium lactate or potassium lactate or sodium nitrite, um, uh, sodium diacetate. Those are all added ingredients with that. Uh, besides doing meat products, we also do work with the dairy industry too so if you're looking at some of the preservative effects that come with the shelf stable processed cheese type of products those are the types of work that we do in helping once again trying to find that sweet spot for balance for how much salt and acidity Um, and then also we work with the natural cheeses too so for instance um, soft Hispanic style cheeses fresh mozzarella ricotta are very high moisture products that can be a problem if they have just a little bit of listeria in there, even at normal refrigeration temperatures can actually support growth. So the work that we do helps identify what acid type might be important as well as what the pH, so that total acidity, once again trying to make that food product taste good, but also inhibit the bad bacteria. How full is your pipeline, Kathy, of companies or products that people are working on to develop or want to go in a different direction? I mean, I'm imagining people standing outside your laboratory with clipboards ready to rush in when you've got a minute. We probably, over the years, we've probably worked out with 100 different companies. I have full, five full-time staff that are working, plus we have about four undergraduates that will help out with that. We are juggling likely a dozen projects at any one time and we're booked out about two to three months and like you said it varies from meat processing to the dairy industry what seems to be the hot category that you're looking at these days Kathy? Well, once again, uh, people that would like to take out chemical preservatives is still things that we're working on. 
slow cooling of meat. So if you have a very large piece of ham or roast beef that is being produced um, in the manufacturing, it takes a long time to cool that down just by virtue of how large it is. Well, that goes against some of the regulations that says that you have to cool it within a certain period of time to keep the bacteria that survive through the cooking process, keep them from growing. And so we're working a lot with that, trying to find out, once again, how much salt needs to be added, uh, how much moisture can be added so that we can extend the cooling, and then, once again, probably have to add some types of antimicrobials, some clean label microbes that are going to be in there. Sous vide foods is really a big thing, and also any of the soft cheeses are also big things. So tell me how things have changed since the first day that you walked in. Obviously, now you got the Food Research Institute that is more of a catalyst for this. But tell me about some of the projects you might have worked at when you were first in the job, Kathy, and versus today and where you're going. Well, actually, there is probably not a real big difference. It's more of the same. Um, there is usually just tweaks to formulations that, once again, the food companies really want to verify that those food products are going to perform the way they need to have them perform. And so as they have um, innovations with different types of meat products, um, different higher moisture is a big thing, lower salt, both of those things are actually counter to having food safety. You want to have salt, you want to have acid, and so when you are removing some of those things uh, that ends up being a problem. So once again, what we're trying to do is trying to figure out what is going to be the the different combinations that will keep that food product safe. Then as time goes on, we learn that there's new microbes. So when I first started in 85, Listeria had just been thought about or just found out and now it's definitely a concern not only with the dairy industry, which was what it was signaled with in 85, but in all different types of food products. Um, then there's also when you remove the chemical preservatives, that is a, a big problem. As I said, the lower salt values are going to be a, a bit of a problem. That whole natural movement, um, it's difficult because we're making food products for somebody else, and they want to have a shelf life of one, two, three, four, five months. And with that, if you make the food product safe, you don't need preservatives. However, if you do want to have extended shelf life, you will need that. Um, then there's things that have just taken us by surprise. So several years ago, there was a outbreak of listeriosis associated with caramel-coated apples. And that really surprised us. And the reason why is because we thought that there was acidity in the apple. That should keep listeria from growing. Caramel has low moisture, should keep it from growing. It should be a shelf-stable product. But what we didn't realize at the time was that when you put the stick in there, you have juice that comes out of it. Plus, also, as an apple sits, you're going to have movement of the moisture from the inside of the apple outward. So if you put an apple on your countertop, it'll shrivel up after time. Well, that's moisture loss. Well, where does it go? In the case of a caramel apple, it gets caught underneath the caramel. And if there's any listeria in there that comes in on the apple, because an apple's out in the real world, and that's where the microbes are going to come, if there's any that are in there, they can start growing in that interface between the apple and the caramel. And within a couple of days, it can grow to a fairly high level. So as a 
result of the research that we did, recommendations are is that you really are going to have very short time out of refrigeration. So it's not you can't allow it three, four, five, six days out of refrigeration. Um, the other thing is it di- has made changes to the way producers are going to work with their foods. Um, they're going to have to step up the sanitation on the apple itself, which once again is means that you can't have seen that things to be as fresh and natural because you're trying to get rid of the bad bugs. Yeah, boy, you know, it, like you said, it's a real uh, uh, trade-off. Everybody wants this clean, natural, untouched, but then again, you better use it pretty fast or be very, very careful. So let me ask you then, uh, kind of as we move forward in some of the research that you're looking at, what are some of the questions when you walk through the grocery store that you ask yourself or what kinds of things are consumers asking us we've never thought about before that you ultimately will have to try to research and get answers for in the in the lab? Well, I think that we don't know exactly what that temperature history of those food products are. So once they leave the warehouse where they have very good control, what's going to happen on that transportation? What's going to happen on the dock when it gets to the retailer? What's going to happen in the deli section? What's going to happen when the consumer buys it? and leaves it in their car overnight, and what's the temperature of their refrigerator themselves? So that whole temperature uh, control is very, very difficult. Ultimately, it would be ideal if we could have time temperature indicators on all the food products. Those are very expensive. And so we do have to educate the consumer to be more cognizant of paying attention to how, if things are bought refrigerated, to keep them refrigerated. Don't assume because it's not opened that it's automatically going to be safe because refrigeration is part of that safety system. See, keeping us safe when it comes to food safety is a challenging career, one that Kathy Glass has made her own, microbiologist with the Food Research Institute on the UW-Madison campus and a 2019 Hall of Fame inductee by the Wisconsin Meat Processors Association. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I-39 Supply, your weekend warrior warehouse. Have a college student? Make moving easy with one of our enclosed trailers. You don't have to move them home, just move them somewhere. Trailers and more, I-39supply.com. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help identifying a suspect involved in a hit-and-run on Madison's south side. On April 27th at 11.10 p.m., Madison police officers responded to a traffic incident at Warwick Way and Seminole Highway. A 68-year-old man suffered a broken leg after being struck by a hit-and-run driver on that Saturday night. The pedestrian was crossing Warwick Way at Seminole Highway when a car knocked him down. The car is believed to be a silver Ford Mustang and had just come off an exit ramp from the West Beltline Highway when the collision took place. There is currently no video footage or still images of the incident that would depict the collision or the suspect vehicle. However, if you have any information regarding this hit-and-run traffic incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers. A couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. 
farmers like you told us that you need a John Deere skid loader that can handle big jobs, maneuver in small spaces, and is easy to operate. Enter the John Deere G-Series skid steers from Sloan Implement. Now you can zip in and out and around the farm buildings with confidence. And when you ask for a price that'll level the playing field, well, that's just what we did. Visit Sloan's.com or stop in and let us help with your Sloan deal. On the job till the cows come home. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 521 now on a soggy start to a Thursday morning. Thank you again to Kirby Ron over in La Crescent. An inch and a third from the past 24 hours time in his rain gauge. And Dell in North Fond du Lac said eight tenths of an inch rain in his. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. I actually didn't think about looking in my rain gauge this morning. And that's probably a good thing. I'm guessing everybody got a little taste of moisture in the past 24 Oh, they sure did. You're right on top of things, Pam. Sixty-seven hundredths of an inch at the airport in Madison. I had about five tenths here south of Fond du Lac. So, yeah, we've all had some rain. It's still around, but the low-pressure system is building northeast right through Wisconsin now. And most of the rain has been pushing off into about the eastern quarter of the state over Lake Michigan and pushing away. There's still some snow and rain in far northwest Wisconsin. Not a concern for us further south, but a little scattered light rain. Still a possibility for an hour or so this morning. Maybe some haziness, fogginess looking around early on. But through the day, we'll begin to dry out. Yes, unfortunately, still staying cooler than normal, but we will dry it out. I'd expect some sunshine around for Friday with those temperatures trying to respond not too quickly. And unfortunately, another weak front dropping in out of the west could mean some rain chance probably in towards Saturday evening, late in the night or around towards Sunday. Could be just a little scattered shower activity, a little damp for Mother's Day. I'll have forecast details right after this. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And And we're we're ready ready to to champion champion rural together. together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial. Equal credit opportunity lender. All righty, Stu, let's have a few more details on the weather. It's going to stay a little on the cool side today, too, isn't it? It is, yeah, that's unfortunate. Some morning light rain, some fog, uh, kind of haziness around. Otherwise, still cloudy skies, and it does stay cooler. Upper 50s in the east and south, low 50s in the west, La Crosse and Boston, a cool day. Southwest winds still around this morning, 5 to 15 or so, become westerly. Overnight, mostly cloudy, and it stays fairly cool, down around 40 with the northwest winds at 5 to 10. 
but then a mostly sunny day develops for Friday. Certainly that should brighten the spirits a bit, but again, upper 50s about the warmest we'll see. The northwest winds 5 to 10, mostly sunny Saturday, low 60s, could be mid-60s at lacrosse already. South winds at 5 to 10, but Saturday night into Sunday, a little shower, maybe an isolated thunderstorm, Pam, so could be a little damp for Mother's Day Sunday. All right, thanks to Stumach Ag Meteorologist with weather details. Lacrosse, you're starting off with cloudy skies and 48, Mauston cloudy and 48, Fond du Lac cloudy and 52, Oshkosh cloudy and 50 degrees, Madison, believe it or not, cloudy and 57, so quite a quite a change in temperatures from one area to the next. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. We've always had villains to face. Bad guys to take down. But you. You are the most horrible of all. Just because you're tough, it doesn't mean we can't beat you. We're here because we've had enough of you. We all have the power to do something. To change something. To stand up to cancer. Every single one of us is mortal. Even me. Even me. One person is not a team. But when we join together... You don't stand a chance. But inside... We are all heroes. We are resilient. We are powerful. And we will win. Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame, MasterCard, and Stand Up to Cancer are joining together today to help take down one of the biggest villains of all. Cancer. Join us now at standuptocancer.org slash MasterCard. $194. What's that? That is what will buy you a $9,000 diamond ring. How is that possible? 60 equal payments at 9.99% with approved credit, I'll bet. Of course. What would be the monthly payment on $500? The payment on $500 is $10.75, but that's the smallest amount you can finance. What's the most? Depends on your credit. Really? Just $194 a month will finance $9,000? Are you sure about that? I'm positive, but you want to know what's even more? amazing? Say it, sister. What's even more amazing is what you can buy at Kessler's with even half that much money. True that. Sarah, you crack me up. Magnificent diamond stud earrings, engagement rings, and one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. Welcome to Kessler's. 60 equal payments at 9.99% with approved credit, but only until May 13th. At Kessler's, of course. Find the Kessler's nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. 
Are you frustrated with the way your clothes are fitting as you age? You may be a candidate for Cool Sculpting, the world's leading non-invasive fat removal treatment. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Cool Sculpting safely and effectively freezes unwanted fat bulges without surgery or downtime. The crystallized cells are eliminated naturally through the body for long-lasting results. Advanced training through the exclusive Cool Sculpting University makes the medical providers at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie experts in body contouring. Come in for a free assessment to see if Cool Sculpting is right for you. Your clothes will fit in no time. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Sure, you can do it yourself, but is it really worth it? Do-it-yourself plumbing is often no walk in the park, and you run the risk of leaks leading to water damage or the dangers of electrical problems or even gas leaks. It's also important your plumbing repairs meet current codes and standards. When you hire your friends from Benjamin Plumbing, you know it's fixed right, up to code, and guaranteed. The majority of Benjamin's residential plumbing repairs are more affordable than you think. Save your marriage. Save your sanity. Save your weekend. Before you roll up your sleeves and try it yourself, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. You know, he got uh, Casting for Kids is coming up. Marco C. he's got Casting for Kids where he has uh, fishing guides that donate their time on the boats and people uh, yep. will pay money to raise uh, for the American Children's Hospital, which I know you guys are kicking yep, off in terms of the today, mothership. Man. Starts yep. off the Radiothon. I'll be on at 5 o'clock as Houseman Johnson. Our company is sponsoring a segment, so oh, I'll, I'll be on 93.1 Jams or Q106. They'll get you on both, Barry. No, they get me on both. There you go. Down and there, I man. like all different types of music. So I'm good. I can cover all genres. Uh, yeah, uh, Barry Richter on the jams. Boy, I have to tune that in. Um, I, I would, I, you know, I, that that'll be something. Uh, speaking of something, so I watched a little bit Barry the U18 World Championships. It was like, and I can't think of better recruiting or better publicity for a program. It was like a homage to Badger hockey because you had three on Team USA, then you had the one kid on Canada. I can't imagine there was another school that had more than four kids playing in that tournament, was there? No, and that's and that's laying the foundation, right? You know, we, and and we said when we first got in there and we were doing our segments, it was going to take a while. It's going to take a while for Tony and Strobes and Marco Siki to put their stamp on the program as you have to go out and recruit. And that takes, you know, you're recruiting 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, three, four years until those kids marinate and then they come into college. But to look at the outstanding talent that's coming in next year, I mean, hockey fans got to be excited to see that. Uh, and Cole Caulfield, who is going up the ranks in terms of a uh, you know, first-rounder, I mean, it's uh, he's got a world-class shot. He's a homegrown Stevens Point kid coming in, and his dad played hockey at Stevens Point. So nothing but great things coming for Badger hockey. And then Tony Granado's got a great uh, golf outing later in yep. June. 
you know, with... No, I'm uh, just saying I could be available that day, Barry. You could be available. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's not, I'll make it work, no All problem. Right, man. I, I feel like, like Strobes is recruiting right now in, like, the middle of nowhere in Canada. Yeah, he's, he's always the pavement. He's always flying somewhere. I'm going to see him next week. We're going to grab dinner real quick. And uh, But he, I'll tell you what, that is a, in terms of college athletics, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, or whatever, it it is a 12-month job. You mm-hmm. have maybe a week or two weeks here to spend time with your family. So kudos to all the coaching staff out there. People don't know. It's a lot different, you know, in terms of professional. You are the GM. You are the coach. You are everything. You're trying to recruit kids. And you got to go to all corners of North America to try to get the best of the best. Uh, visiting with former Badger great Barry Richter. All right, before we let you go, uh, you were a part of a lot of great wins, you know, at Wisconsin with the Rangers, with the Olympics. We're kind of figuring this thing out. I, I'm not using if Barry win the Bucks win tonight and they make <laughs> Ooh, the Eastern Conference like a- Finals. Because it's not like he and I need an excuse to party, but I think we throw some pretty kick-ass parties when we do. The question of the day is, should we throw a party tomorrow to celebrate the Eastern Conference Finals, or is that in poor taste, you know, with the playoffs still going on and being the number one overall seed? Should we wait till at minimum the NBA Finals? Well, it all depends what kind of party it is. I mean, if it's a blowout, absolute I mean, Barry, this is the party. Joe and Ebo show we're okay, talking about Okay, well, here. I mean, if it's a, if it's a party, party to celebrate sort of like you won the championship, then I would say no. But if it's a, hey, let's go out and celebrate that they got in to that, you know, conference championships, I'm okay with that. Okay, yeah. so I'm like okay when you, you look at them, you look yeah. at the players, anytime, you know, if it's baseball, you know, basketball, hockey, they move on, they throw a little party. That's what you see it all the time. Look so, at the Brewers, like in the yeah. clubhouse, they're celebrating. Yeah, well, celebrating. When, when, you were with, when you were with the Rangers, did you have like every round of the playoffs? Did you have a little party or did you say, no, party. guys, the goal yep. is the Stanley Cup? So you had a little party yep, after was a little party. Round? You went out and had some beers with the boys, nice dinner, and uh, you celebrated. Okay. It's a big some step. It's boys. a big step. It's not like an absolute uh, well, two-day do... deal like Ovechkin or a two-month deal like yeah. Ovechkin. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's definitely a celebration that night. It's a celebration of achievement. What was the go-to drink for the Rangers for the little beers with the boys, like advancing on? Well, the, the, well back then, I was just pretty much just, you know, all you got is Budweiser and Miller back yeah. in the 90s, so it wasn't really much, you know. It was pretty, uh, it wasn't like they had IPAs or anything back no. then, so it you was get, like. Miller, you yeah. get Bud and you like yeah. it. That's about it, so. Uh, well, uh, Barry, it's great to see you. I will be watching, uh, uh, you know, again, I'll just maybe be a fan of hockey because I love, you know, love Joe Pavelski, but, you know, the abs. Uh, you know, growing up a Quebec Nordique fan, Barry, it's going to be a, you know, I got a hard route tonight for uh, for Colorado. Yeah, and for me, I'm a fan. I like, tend to lean towards uh, Captain Joe Pavelski because I would like to see him get back. He's been skating, you know, after yeah. getting, uh, you know, getting knocked down and, and, and getting his head injury. And he's been such a pillar for San Jose for so long. I would like to see San Jose extended. I, I'm leaning towards that with my heart to see uh, Pavelski in there. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 535 now on a soggy start to a Thursday morning. Doesn't look like we're going to dry out until the weekend. That's not the kind of news Wisconsin farmers or any farmers want to hear. But uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's chief meteorologist, Brad Rippey, says this is a pattern that a lot of folks are living with. We'll hear a couple comments from him before 6 o'clock. Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, is joining us live via Skype. And I've got the name of the Wisconsin dairy that picked up a national award yesterday for sustainability. Oh, yeah, lots of ground to cover. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, here's what's happening on this ninth day of May. Happy birthday to Billy Joel. Billy Joel, that singer, songwriter, pianist, 
is 70 years old as of today. And today, back in 1960, the first birth control pill was approved. Ooh, that was quite the controversial move back in 1960. And now you know. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in food news. The good news I bring for you this morning, one of our Wisconsin dairies was one of three nationally recognized yesterday as an outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability Award winner. Majestic Crossing Dairy, a 2,000-cow operation in Sheboygan Falls, was Wisconsin's winner. The award is presented annually by the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy out of Rosemont, Illinois. It was created eight years ago to recognize dairy farms, businesses, and partnerships that have practices that improve the well-being of people, animals, and the planet. And Dean Strauss, who is one of the co-owners of Majestic Crossing Dairy, was there to receive the award. If you know anything about Majestic Crossing Dairy or you have ever had a chance to meet Dean, you know that this is something that farm lives by. Uh, Dean has been very, very active in the community. He has uh, currently serving on the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection Board. He's on the executive board of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. He's the secretary of his church, and he also is involved in farmland preservation activity in his township. So, like I said, uh, they live it through and through. Majestic Crossing Dairy out of Sheboygan Falls, one of three national winners of the 2019 Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability Award. Congratulations. Glad to have a little good news for a soggy Thursday. I wish this wet weather pattern was going to change, but according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Chief Meteorologist Brad Rippey, all of the upper Midwest, in fact, a good chunk of the country, has more wet weather in store through the weekend. Just about everybody between the Rockies and the Appalachians can expect at least one to three inches of rainfall from this system. Finally, on the backside of the system, we're looking at a significant late season snowstorm, primarily in the central Rockies, but that could reach into some of the neighboring areas around the central Rockies. Oh, please keep that away from us. That's Brad Rippey, Chief Meteorologist at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. It's 538. The pet food industry has been taking aim at corn growers over the past couple of months, saying that corn in pet food is not good for your dogs, your cats. Well, the National Corn Growers Association decided to check in on that myth and find out what the facts are regarding corn in your pet food diet. Well, the National Corn Growers released their information yesterday. Michael Clements has that report. The research conducted by Kansas State University dispels the mess behind the recent trend of grain-free pet foods. Sarah McKay, NCGA Market Development Director, says pet food represents a large market for U.S. corn. In the United States, the largest pet food market in the world, sales are expected to reach $39 billion by 2023. We're really seeing a huge premiumization in the pet food market, and we recognize that the pet food market is a huge market for corn, and we want to make sure with the rise of some 
some of this grain-free food movement and really the humanization of pet that consumers, researchers, and marketers have the most up-to-date, factual, and relevant information when it comes to the benefits that corn provides in pet food. NCGA debuted the study at the Pet Food Forum last week in Kansas City, Missouri. The research showcases the healthy attributes corn offers in pet foods. We really wanted to make sure that this study pulled together all of the research and literature around the nutritional profile of corn and corn co-products as well as the digestibility, processing information. And we really also wanted to make sure that we focused on the value-added components, the antioxidants that corn provide, as well as some of the colon health benefits. There are four common myths regarding corn and the use of other grains in pet foods. NCGA is seeking to bust those myths. The first one is that corn is bad for pets. And in actuality, corn has been used in pet foods for decades with no issues or concerns regarding pet health. The second one is that corn causes allergies. There's actually been research from veterinary reports that have shown that the main cause of allergies are peptides or glycoproteins, and that grains actually cause less than 1.5% of food allergy cases. The third out of the four kind of common myths that we see is that corn has gluten. Corn does not contain gluten. And then the last one is that corn is a filler ingredient with no nutritional value used to lower costs. This is absolutely a myth. McKay says corn provides many nutritional values to pets. While it is an economical ingredient, it's far from an indigestible filler. The starch is nearly 100% digestible, and some studies that were outlined in this literature review showed that an excess of 60% of corn included in pet food recipes promoted quality stools and high parent total tract digestibility. So it's a fantastic ingredient that also provides antioxidant benefits as well as fiber and proteins that can even be further concentrated in corn byproducts. More than 3,000 people from 38 countries attended the Pet Food Forum, the industry's largest event. McKay says industry partners at the event welcomed the research by NCGA. We were met with a lot of positivity and a lot of excitement around being able to have the up-to-date information that these R&D folks and innovators can use to help share with their consumers and with their customers. And it also gave a lot of good information for marketers to share as they're putting together formulations and, and having to, to answer to their consumers as to why they included certain ingredients. So we were met with a lot of positivity and a lot of excitement to have this up-to-date information. Learn more about the research online at www.ncga.com slash pet food. Michael Clements reporting. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the beef industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Beef Month in May. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. For control of yellow nut sedge and tough-to-kill broadleaf weeds like common lamb's quarters and water hemp in your cornfield, tank mix Yukon in your post-emergence herbicide treatment. Yukon is the gold standard in knockdown and residual control of yellow nut sedge. With two modes of action, Yukon gives you an easy-to-tank mix tool that also helps defend against herbicide resistance. 
To keep your cornfields clean of yield-robbing yellow nutsedge and tough broadleaf weeds, trust Yukon from Gowan, USA. All right, we'll catch up with Bryce Knorr in just a moment. Markets and overnight trade are anxious. The clock is ticking. President Trump says that he is going to increase tariffs imposed against China by tomorrow. China says they're ready to play hardball and retaliate against the United States with like movement. So the market's very anxious about all this. I think the trade delegation is still in Washington, D.C., trying to get things back on track, but the markets sure don't look that way. In overnight trade, December corn's down three and a half at three seventy-eight and three quarters. November beans down four and a quarter right now, eight forty-six and a quarter. July wheat's down five and a half, four thirty-three and a half. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped a quarter of a cent at one seventy-three and three quarters. Forty-pound block cheese on Wednesday another half cent lower, one seventy and a quarter. While double A butter dropped a penny to two twenty-eight and a half. Fluid milk finished lower yesterday. June contracts finished twelve cents lower, sixteen forty-three a hundredweight. The July milk was down three at sixteen forty-eight a hundredweight. That being said, USDA announced yesterday under the new dairy margin coverage program. Dairy farmers should see a payment on their March milk. So that's January, February, and March that we've triggered payments on this new program implemented under the 2018 Farm Bill. Now, of course, the catch is that dairy farms can't sign up for that program until uh, mid-June. But it is reassuring, I guess we can say, for dairy farms to know that if they invest in the program, they're automatically going to get money back for January, February, and March. Like I said, check in with your local Farm Service Agency office for details. Coming up next, we want details on what's happening in Washington, D.C. with our trade discussion with China. How's the market reacting? Is there anything else for traders to focus on besides China and the weather? Bryce Knorr is next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Now, the easy and fastest way to order ag parts is with Sloan Express, America's ag parts supplier. Simply put, Sloan Express is a lower price alternative to original manufacturer parts. And now, free shipping on orders over $195 right to your front door. Plus, we offer free shipping to 20 Sloan locations. Enter code WISCONSIN10 at checkout and save 10%. Get your free catalog online at SloanEx.com or call today. Do you struggle with stubborn fat bulges that hang around even with a healthy diet and regular exercise? You may be a candidate for Cool Sculpting, the world's leading non-invasive fat removal treatment. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Cool Sculpting safely and effectively freezes unwanted fat bulges without surgery or downtime. The crystallized cells are eliminated naturally through the body for long-lasting results. Advanced training through the exclusive Cool Sculpting University makes the medical providers at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie experts in body contouring. Come in for a free assessment to see if Cool Sculpting is right for you. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. CBD. It's the latest, greatest way to manage pain, inflammation, anxiety, and more. You want it, and we've got it. But we're sticking to our roots, all things vape. 
at Infinite Vapor, we still want to help you quit smoking. Because for us, vaping isn't a trend. It's a choice to live. Let the vape vixen help. Located on Atwood and University, Infinite Vapor, customer service gurus who got into the vaping business. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 548 on a rainy start to a Thursday morning. Time to talk about what the market's discussing on this Thursday morning. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Joining us live via Skype. It seems like it's kind of a, a repetition that we're going through here, Bryce. Every time we talk, it seems to focus in on China. Today, certainly no exception, huh? Right. Uh, those trade talks uh, look like they'll resume at some point uh, today. Uh, unclear just uh, where the meetings are go- are going, who's going to be meeting. There was apparently a big uh, debate in the White House about whether or not the Chinese uh, trade negotiator would be meeting with the president. Uh, so uh, I think both sides uh, kind of girding here uh, for resumption of uh, tariffs uh, at uh, midnight uh, tonight. Uh, which uh, could uh, uh, cast a pallor on uh, any hopes for a deal, at least in the short term. Yeah, and the markets are kind of reacting uh, with that thought in mind, aren't they? Right. We're seeing uh, the grain market lower across the the board. Uh, Stocks also lower around the world. Of course, the stock market uh, keeps bouncing back. Uh, Every time we see one of these big uh, drops, it doesn't seem to uh, last so still some optimism uh, that uh, maybe the uh, China's uh, vice premier wouldn't be coming to the country uh, if he wasn't prepared to, uh, prepared to make a deal. Uh, but uh, one can never tell uh, with these uh, with these trade talks where they're going. I've I've mostly been wrong uh, about uh, their direction over the past year. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about something that's going to end up in hard numbers, and that's tomorrow when USDA comes out with one of their first 2019 focused reports. Tell me what we're getting tomorrow and what the market's talking about. Right, these, uh, the agency will be putting out its first estimate of 2019 crop. Uh, production supply and demand uh, around the world, not only in the U.S. Now, these are, like you say, hard numbers, but they're also pretty soft numbers because the production estimates will be based on statistical guesses here in the U.S. for corn and soybeans and spring wheat. Uh, The uh, USDA just uses its March planning intentions and then a statistical uh, estimate of uh, what it thinks yields are. Uh, the only real hard production estimate will come in winter wheat, where USDA is actually doing a survey of growers. That's expected to show good winter wheat yields uh, mostly. And uh, the, the uh, corn and uh, soybean numbers, uh, the, the corn number will probably come in around 15 uh, billion bushels in terms of uh, productions, uh, soybeans less. Uh, but all those numbers are really uh, up in the air because nobody knows how many acres of uh, corn and beans, spring wheat farmers are going to plant, and then uh, whether or not the yields, particularly for corn, have been affected by the planting delay. So a wide range of estimates in the trade. Uh, Some people, and I was in this camp, uh, gave an estimate of what they think USDA will say. Other people uh, gave an estimate of what they think reality is. Uh, So uh, we could see some volatility tomorrow morning when those numbers drop. Uh, just depending on how the uh, high-frequency computer-driven trading, uh, what uh, what they've uh, dialed into their estimates. Is that 11 a.m. Central Time release date on that uh, report? 
Right. It comes out at 11 o'clock. So we'll be trading that for a couple hours, uh, probably right as we get news on the uh, on the trade talks. So uh, uh, has the potential to be an interesting day. What have we seen as far as export numbers this week, Bryce? Uh, I, I, or are those really coming out this morning? Those come out today. Uh, we've had uh, a, a couple of uh, large sales on the daily wire. Uh, the trade uh, isn't uh, isn't expecting uh, a whole lot. Uh, probably about 30 million bushels for corn. That's where we need to see a bit of a pickup. The soybean numbers uh, could be better than last week. Uh, again, uh, we haven't seen a lot of new Chinese buying, and the the big deal is they haven't taken delivery of what they have bought. Uh, still sitting on uh, about 275 million bushels of unshipped sales. Is that part of the conversation about them reneging on their deals that we've heard about, Bryce? Nobody's actually brought it up. Uh, I think uh, those claims uh, come on some of the other, uh, the other more thorny issues uh, uh, that they've been talking about, about technology transfer and foreign investment in China, uh, those sorts of things. Nobody talking about uh, all these uh, soybeans sitting around. Hmm. So what else are you going to be paying attention to, Bryce? Looks like we honestly have a pretty full plate in the next 24 hours. Right. I think uh, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, a lot of news and then also at the weather forecast. Uh, after the rain moves out of the eastern Corn Belt today, we're going to see a drier, drying pattern over the next uh, week, uh, particularly in the uh, central Midwest, uh, up into uh, the northern plains briefly. And then we could start to drift wetter again, uh, at least uh, from about uh, Des Moines West, uh, the Delta uh, just can't catch a break. Uh, they've got another uh, storm that they're uh, they're expecting here over the, the next couple days and then another big one after that. So the rain is really hammering them. will also be, be affecting parts of the Ohio River Valley. Uh, the flooding in St. Louis has started to go down a little bit. It uh, dropped below a major flood stage here today, uh, but it doesn't look like the traffic there will be moving again until Thursday at the earliest, uh, and uh, so very little uh, traffic moving on the Mississippi River. I did note that a uh, uh, tow with seven barges uh, moved through the chain of uh, rocks, uh, Lock and Dam, that's in Granite City, Illinois, just north of St. Louis, but that was about it in terms of what's moving on the river. Well, we'll see how far it goes and uh, what kind of interesting things it encounters. I guess we'll take a wait and see, Bryce. We could have a very interesting conversation by the time we catch up with you again on Tuesday, don't you think? Uh, It looks like it could be exciting. All right. Well, we'll leave you on that note. Wish you the best on a Thursday, and good luck tomorrow. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Like he said, folks, the volatility that we could be looking at all almost pretty much all day on Friday could be worth watching and Bryce will be guiding you along. Don't forget he always updates his comments online and via social media. Just go to farmfutures.com and you will find the details there. Tomorrow we are going to get details on African swine fever. Now thank goodness we haven't seen that in the United States, but boy, that doesn't mean pork producers don't